Come on, let's give praise to Jesus again. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, I just want to welcome those of you who, you know, I've not seen for almost uh, two years uh, in church. Thank you so much for being back in church. We really miss you and hope that, you know, today uh, you have a fantastic, you know, time and experience together, you know, as a family in, in the presence of God. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, I just want to echo what John said just now, that, you know, we should never be silent. We should never you know, be, be at a place where we don't know what to do because we have a God who, who understands us, a God who sees us through, amen, in every situation, in every circumstance that we, we go through. God is always there with us. He knows what we go through, amen. The Bible says that He, you know, He understands, you know, even the, the struggles that we go through. So we have every reason to praise Jesus. We have every reason to lift up our voices to Jesus, amen. You know, you know what the... The enemy wants to do to us. The devil wants us to stay silent. But Jesus has given us authority. He says in his word that, you know, in, in Luke chapter 9, that he, he, when he called his 12 disciples together, he gave them power and authority. He gave them power and authority. Everybody say power and authority. Power. Amen. So he says this, that even the following chapter in Luke chapter 10 verse 19, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions, and over all the power of the enemy, nothing shall by any means hurt you. So the devil wants you to stay silent. He wants you to have this perception that you cannot do anything, that you are helpless. I tell you what, we have every power in Christ Jesus to overcome. Amen. Turn to your neighbor, tell your neighbor you are an overcomer in Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. Friends, we live in a world that is not just physical or just natural. We are first spiritual beings, amen? And, you know, we need to understand this. Even in, in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12, it says that for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places, amen? So our battle is not a physical one. Our battle is not against flesh and blood. Turn to your neighbor and tell your neighbor, you are not my problem. Turn to your, the other neighbor and tell the other neighbor, you are not my enemy. Friends, we need to understand this. For too often, we always get distracted and we think that our problem is just a physical problem. For too often, we all look at each other and think that the other person is the problem in our lives. But that is not the case. Even when someone comes to you and says something against you, know this, your, your issue, your battle is not really that person. It's the spirit behind that person. Amen? So we need to understand, even when someone comes to you and gives you an encouraging word, know this, the Bible says, test every spirit. Remember Paul and Silas? They were going around preaching the gospel and then this, this girl, this girl followed them and says, oh, these men are the, are the servants of the Most High God. And for a few days, she was doing that. But Paul, he was discerning enough to know what was the spirit and turned to the, to the girl and, you know, and, and cast out the evil spirit from her. So it's important for us to know that you know, our battle is not a physical one. It's a spiritual battle. And I've got news for you. Whatever that is born of God, has an enemy. So if you are a believer in Christ this morning, you have, an, an, you have an enemy. The moment you receive Christ in your life, you are enlisted in God's army. Whether you like it or not, you are enlisted into this spiritual battle. And spiritual battle is not, the spiritual warfare is not an option. Amen? Remember, I'm saying this again, our battles are not against flesh and blood. Anyone, everyone who has a God-given purpose and assignment will have an enemy. If you know God's calling and purpose for your life, you will be a moving target all the time. Let me tell you something. You are on the wanted list of the devil. In fact, the Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8, the devil prowls and lurks around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. He prowls around. He lurks around like a roaring lion, seeking every opportunity to attack. The devil is ever ready and always 
seeking an opportunity in your life. We must, however, learn to differentiate between a spiritual attack from a consequence. Amen? Not everything is a spiritual attack. For, for instance, if you eat late in the night, you, you eat tom yum curry and you eat, you know, uh, sambal blachan in the middle of the night, let me tell you what, you will probably end up with an upset stomach. Am I right? That's not a spiritual attack. That's a consequence because of your wrong decision. Amen? So, even though we know that our battle is not a spiritual attack, don't everything blame it on the devil. Yeah? So, how do we differentiate? What is a spiritual attack? A spiritual attack is the enemy trying to keep you from God's will. A consequence is when we ignore God's will deliberately. So, that's a big difference. Amen? So, the devil wants to attack you. He wants you know, to keep you from fulfilling God's will for your life. But the consequence is our own doing when we ignore what God has willed for us or God's purpose for our lives. Even you go back to the Garden of Eden, God gave Adam and Eve the commandment not to eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. That's God's will for their lives. But God told them you can eat of any tree from the garden except from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Then came the cunning serpent, the devil. And then what he did was that he twisted God's command and lied about the consequences. He told Eve, will you surely die? So he twisted God's command. Did God really say he twisted God's commandment. He lied about the consequences. The moment Eve conceived in her mind an interpretation of, the, of that command and believed in the version of the consequence that the devil had told her, she fell right into the devil's trap. Eve was deceived by the devil's cunningness. 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 13 tells us that. That's what the devil does. He doesn't come to you and outright attack you. He doesn't come to you and say, ha, 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 I'm the devil, I'm going to destroy you. He's not going to do that. But he's going to come in a form that's very deceiving. In fact, deception is how the devil rolls. That's how he operates. Revelation chapter 12 verse 9 says, So the great dragon was cast out, the serpent of old, called the devil and Satan, who deceives the whole world. Come on not just part of the world, but it says it deceived the whole world. You know how great that deception is? If that deception is so great, it means he's a great deceiver. He was cast to the earth and his angels were cast out with him. This is the nature of the devil. He is a great deceiver and a father of lies. Jesus talked about it. In John chapter 8, verse 44, you belong to your father, the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning, not withholding the truth. For there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language. So that's how he speaks. Lies. There's no truth in him. For he is a liar and the father of lies. So the devil is the master of lies. He is the master of twisting the truth. 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 14 even says that he will come disguising himself as an angel of light. The devil wants to mess us up in every way possible and he will use deception in every way possible. He wants to steal your identity. He wants, he, you, know, you, what, you know what he did to, to Adam and Eve? He stole their identity as the children of God in the Garden of Eden. He stole their identity from them. He literally caused death to mankind. And he wanted, and he destroyed their destiny. Friends, we have to be careful not to fall into his trap. If the devil can, can destroy your destiny, 
He can destroy your calling and your God-given assignment. He has succeeded in having a hole in your life. Remember the devil, he is all out to steal, kill, and destroy. He wants to steal your identity. He wants to kill your calling. He wants to destroy your God-given assignment. When this happens, it will not just affect you, but it will affect your family. It will affect the generations to come. But I've got good news for you. Jesus came to give life and life more abundantly. Amen? So friends, life is not a playground, but a battleground. For us who are believers in Christ, spiritual warfare is very real. I think that we have not given enough attention to spiritual warfare in our lives. Even though the enemy is invis invisible, he is very real. He is actively scheming against us. Everybody says scheming. He wants us to think that he is fictional. How many of you have watched those cartoons where a person is indecisive, then suddenly on the right, there's an angel, on the left, there's a cute devil? Most of the time, we think that he's just like a caricature, a fictional you know, impression of, of how you know, a devil works. But I can tell you what, he is very real. He is as real as you are in person, even though we may not be able to see him. Friends, he is at work. So I, Paul, I, even Peter, in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8, he warns us that we must be vigilant. We must be vigilant. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15 to 16, Paul wrote this and says, Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Friends, the devil is at work. The days are evil. We have a battle. We are in a battle. And the battle is going to get even more intense in the coming days. But the way to fight in a spiritual warfare, in a spiritual battle, is not run, is not to run or to hide. Neither, neither is it to sit down and wait it out. Sometimes people think that, you know, just run and hide. Or even to a place where just sit and wait it out. Friends, I tell you what, that will not work because the devil will not leave you alone. The only way to fight the devil is to put on the whole armor of God. In what Ephesians chapter 6 tells us, when Paul talked about the armor of God, he was referring to the Roman soldiers. You know, Roman soldiers, they, it looks like that. They have a huge shield in front of them. A big shield, as big, as almost as big as the door. You talk about the attire, the belt of truth. Come on, you guys know this, right? What's the armor of God? The belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, the shoes of the gospel of peace, the shield of faith, helmet of salvation, and the sword of the spirit. So this morning, I want to talk to you about the shield. Everybody say the shield. The shield is a powerful weapon. It says this in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 16, above all, taking the shield of faith, everybody says shield of faith, with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. The shield is the strongest defense equipment because it actually protects the rest of the armor. When you put on that shield, as we have seen just now, as how a Roman soldier, you know, holds the shield in front of him, it protects his entire being. You see, the Roman soldiers, they had two types of shields. One is a smaller round shield that they use for parade or in sport where they fight in the Colosseum where they, they had, you know, the gladiator, you have watched gladiator? So the shield, the small shield that they use is for sports or for parade when they march through the, the crowd, you know, in, in a parade before Caesar or before the people, they will have this small shield. But the bigger shield, the door-like shield, is used in battles. Friends, we don't live in a parade. We live in a battle. 
And the shield of faith is to protect us, it says this, so that we'll be able to quench the fiery darts. Everybody say fiery darts. And where does this fiery darts come from? The devil. Okay, here we need to understand this. When it says fiery darts, it's not the, the darts game that, you know, that, that we play. The small little darts that we, you know, we lift our legs and... You get what I mean? How many of you play darts before? Yeah, it's not that kind. In fact, the darts here is referring to an arrow that's lighted, littered up with, that's littered up with fire. And the purpose of the fiery dart is to stick. Everybody says stick. But the shield is to quench the fiery darts. Friends, the devil wants to inflame you with fiery darts. And these fiery darts are not just ordinary arrowheads lighted up with fire. It is carefully made so that it will be able to contain flammable material and when it shoots through the air, it does not go out. If you take just an ordinary arrow and you just dip it a little bit with kerosene or tar and you light it up and you shoot, the chances are it will just die off and it flies through the air. So this dust were carefully, or these arrowheads were carefully made in such a way that when it flies through the air, the fire will still be contained so that it will hit its target and then stick to the shields or... or, or or, or even roofs, or, or even, you know, anything that's wooden. It wants to do that. Alright? So the job is to stick onto whatever that it hits. And when it sticks onto a shield, or onto a roof, or onto, you know, a, a door that's made of wood, what happens is this, it doesn't immediately set on fire. But it will slowly but surely burn the target. So the Roman soldier's shield is made of wood. It's made, you know, it's made of wood covered with leather. These can be burned, but you know what the Roman soldiers do before they go into the battle? They will soak their shields in water before they go into battle. So that's why that when no, no matter what arrows, fiery arrows that flies and stick to their shield, it will just be quenched. So Paul was using this as a spiritual illustration of how that the shield is able to quench the fiery arrows that sticks to it. So the job of the fiery dart is to stick, but the job of the shield is to quench. So this shield is important for our lives. Every one of us need to understand this. Every one of us need to catch hold of this. Right? If you look through this whole entire armor of God, you will find that most of it, all right, if we read just now, everything we put on. There's only two things that we hold that's not on our body, per se. The shield of faith and the sword of the Spirit. So how do we use our shield? I want to share with you today, this morning, two points. Number one, just like how the Roman soldiers will soak their shield in water, we need to learn to soak our shield. What do I mean by that? In Ephesians chapter 5, verse 26 says, of the washing of water by the word. And Romans chapter 10, verse 17 says, faith comes by hearing and hearing. Come on, church, answer me. Come on, talk to me louder. What, the faith comes by hearing and hearing by? The Word of God. So if your shield is not soaked in water, not soaked in with the Word, it is easily flammable. There is no point to even have the shield that's not soaked with the Word of God. So we need to learn to drench ourselves with the Word of God every single day. Not just a Sunday thing, not just a Bible study time, but every single day we need to soak ourselves in the Word of God. Without God's Word, we end up having a dry shield that can easily be flammable. 
A person who has the Word of God in him is not easily shaken or affected. In Matthew chapter 7, verse 24 to 25, Jesus talked about the wise builder is the one who hears God's Word and puts them into practice. But the one who hears and don't do anything about it is a foolish builder. So that's why at the end of the day, at the end of the day, we are able to stand. It's because of the Word of God in our lives. In fact, the weapon of protection and the weapon of attack is the Word of God. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 17 tells us that. that Take up the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. So you need to understand the, the, the form of protection of, of the, 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 you know, the, the shield must be soaked in water, which is the Word of God. And then what you hold in the other hand, the sword of Spirit, is also the Word of God. So the Word of God must stand before us in order to protect and to attack. Friends, it's crucial that we overcome the enemy in the book of Revelation says, by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony. And that testimony is not just merely about, oh, you know, God you know, gave me a, a, a breakthrough in, in when you know, I was looking for a parking and no parking, but suddenly someone came out and parked my car. It's not that kind. But the testimony of Christ saving us. The finished work of Christ. Amen? the gospel of Jesus Christ. So we need to soak our shield. Everybody, turn to your neighbor, turn to your neighbor, soak your shield. We need God's word in our lives. We cannot have a dry shield in front of us because when the enemy shoots, the fiery dart, when it sticks, it will burn up. And the second thing that we need to learn to is to lock shields. Everybody say lock shields. The, Romans military, the Roman military was most feared because of their military strategies. They were well organized. They were effective. When they went to battle, when they went to war, they were very organized. How do I know that? Because I read it from Wikipedia. While most enemies at that time were still using guerrilla warfare tactics. That means they just charge and fight. But the Romans, they were superior because they were already employing battle formations. Like the Tessudo. It's called the Tortis. So even though when they are surrounded, but when they came together and when they locked shields, all around them, they were protected. And they would cover themselves with that shield from top all their sides and they'll move on and they'll charge forward. Or, they employ the wedge or the triple line. Remember when we were having what you call the, the social distancing? How we arrange the chairs? That we put, you know, the chairs and then in between there are chairs and it's, it's, it's almost like you can just zigzag. I tell you what, that was one of the Roman strategies, formation in their warfare. Because when they do that, those that are on the second line, when they throw the spear, they won't throw and hit the person in front. There was space for them to attack. So it's amazing. All right? Read that on Wikipedia. All right? And all their formations involve shields. The shields were part of the, their warfare strategy. Friends, each of us have the responsibility to hold up our shield. You have a shield, I have a shield. When anyone drops a shield, he is breaking formation and leaves another exposed. And that's what the devil wants to do. He wants you to drop your shield. Because the moment you drop your shield, you leave not just yourself exposed but someone exposed as well. That is why the church is a community of shields. Shield after shield after shield after shield after shield. Layers and layers and layers and layers and layers of protection. Friends, we need each other. We don't fight spiritual battle alone. 
If the enemy succeeds in isolating you, you are in deep trouble. You know, after my house was broken into, this is about, I think, about three years ago, we set up a neighborhood watch. So all the neighbors came together and we set up this WhatsApp group, but we told ourselves, you know, please don't, don't post, you know, any advertising or whatever. Just make it, you know, just for neighborhood watch. And you know what? I, I particularly like the older neighbors because these people know who is who. When an unrecognizable car came or comes to the neighborhood, they will alert the group and tell us to be alert. There's a car, Proton Vira, WEE4342. I hope none of, none of your car is there, all right? Uh, it's parked outside house number 57. Anyone knows who is that? Then you'll see the other neighbors, no, I don't recognize. That's, that's not my friend who's parked outside my house. And then they will come out of the house and stare at the car. Some even take you know, their phone and snap photo. And then you see the car drives away. They keep watch over the street. There's this uncle that stays a few doors away from me. He's there every morning till afternoon sitting outside. You know, the, the, you know at, 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 at the, 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 the porch there. I mean, he's a non-believer. He's holding a cigarette, you know. And every time there's, a, there's, there's someone unrecognizable come, he will text the group. He kept watch over the street. Friends, we need that in the church spiritually, that we need to keep watch over each other. We need this kind of neighbor in our house, in our, in our neighborhood, amen? Hallelujah. We need this kind. We need this kind of homies, amen? Turn to your neighbor, tell your neighbor, you are my homie. We need that because we are to be our brother's keepers. We watch over each other. We don't attack each other. We watch over each other. We put our shield, not just for our own sake, but for someone that's in this family. Together, we need to hold up our shield. And each have a shield. Come on, turn to your neighbor, tell your neighbor, you have a shield. And we need to hold it up to protect each other. Friends, please understand this. Church is not the pastor have a shield and everybody stands behind him or hide behind one shield. Remember when you were younger, you played an eagle and chicken game? Who's at the front? The mother hen, right? Then all the chicklets, no, I mean, yeah. all behind. And then the evil eagle is trying to catch and, you know, it's not that way. Every one of us need to have that shield in front of us. Don't hide behind just one person's shield. When we hold up our shield, we don't provide just protection for ourselves, but also for those that are around us. Friends, we can't fight what is behind us. But if we got our backs taken care of, we can fight the enemy effectively. So I was very encouraged when Pastor Brenda joined this uh, MUFW, Malaysian United Firewall. And she went through the training and I was, you know, sometimes I just sit next to her and listen. And they emphasize so much on a prayer shield. Keep on praying, praying. They encourage people to pray. They encourage churches to pray to pray and to pray and to pray. And that's how you provide that, that protection. Friends, we don't come into church. We don't, we don't you, know, uh, you know, invisibly holding a shield or a sword. We don't do that. But we do it with prayer. So it's very crucial for us to be praying. I want to encourage you, especially husband and wife, you are a powerful shield because the fact is this, as husband and wife, you have a covenant relationship. You know, someone once said this to me. He says this, remember this, Pastor Ryan, even though you're a pastor of the church, pastor talk, 
can never beat pillow talk. Because my covenant, my, rather my relationship with you is not a covenant relationship. But you as a husband and wife, spouse, you are, you have a covenant relationship. You get what I mean? So you need to understand that. So that's why those of you who are married, spend time praying together because you will form a very powerful shield because that spiritual connection, that covenant relationship is so powerful. Two are better than one and a threefold cord cannot be easily broken. Friends, know this. The devil does not attack randomly. His attacks are well planned. Don't ever think that he's just walking around saying, oh, you know, just simply poke you, poke you. No, he doesn't do that. He plans his ways, his scheme against you. Let me tell you something. He knows mankind longer than you and I combined because he was there at the beginning. He knew mankind for thousands of years. He knew what triggers us. He knows what triggers us and he's just waiting for the opportune time to do it. That's why we have to be extra careful. Amen? Don't fall into his trap. The battle is going to get more intense. We have the responsibility to hold up our shield. Remember the word of God. It's important. We need to soak ourselves in the word of God. Don't be so easily shaken by the things that you go through in your life. Don't be so easily shaken when someone says something about you. Don't be so easily shaken when things don't go your way. You need the Word of God to filter through that. Don't be so easily be, you know, like, like felt, uh, feel great when someone says something good about you. We need to filter through the Word of God because at the end of the day, we need God's Word in our lives. I don't know how many times I've been telling you this again and again and again and again. The Word of God is important. The Word of God is important. The Word of God is important. How many of us really soak ourselves in the Word of God every single day of our lives? If we have not done that, friends, the good news is this. We can start by doing that today. Amen? It's never too late. Amen? Hallelujah. The devil is always all out to scheme against us. The battle is going to be more intense. You are a moving target. Turn to your neighbor, tell your neighbor you are a moving target. God loves you to succeed. But the devil loves you to fail. But I also got another news for you, a good news for you that God is also our shield. Amen? We, have, we need to have the shield of faith. Amen? God's Word soaked in, in God's Word right in front of us. But we also have God as our shield. In Genesis chapter 15, verse 1, it says, and After these things, the Word of the Lord came to Abraham in a vision saying, Do not be afraid, Abraham. I am your shield your exceedingly great reward. So God is our shield. Amen? And then Deuteronomy chapter 33, verse 29. Blessed are you, Israel, who is like you, a people saved by the Lord. He is your shield and helper and your glorious sword. Your enemies will cover before you and you will tread on their hikes. So friends, in order for us to really be able to do well in our spiritual battle, we need our shield. And it's not just the shield, we need the full, whole full armor of God. But this morning, I'm talking to you about the shield. Amen? Because all of us, we need to hold up our shield, amen, in this battle, so that we will be able to protect not just ourselves, but also those that are around us. Remember this, the church is a community of shield. Community of shields. Layer and layer and layer of layers and layers and layers of protection. We need each other. We don't fight spiritual battles alone. Amen? 
So we need to understand that. That's why we need to really have the Word of God in us every single day. Don't take it for granted. Come on, read God's Word. Soak yourself. Just like how the Roman soldiers would soak their shield in water. We soak ourselves in the Word of God every single day. And that's how we'll be able to overcome. Amen? And we'll be able to fight this battle well, this spiritual battle. Friends, don't ever think that spiritual warfare is only for the more mature Christians. If you think that way, you are being deceived. Whether you are mature or immature Christian, I hope none of us are immature Christians. Spiritual battle is upon us, every single one of us. And we need to take responsibility of that. Amen? So that we will not be so easily affected by the fiery darts. We will not so easily be set on fire by the fiery darts of the evil one. We will not be easily trapped by the schemings of the devil in our lives. Friends, I want to encourage us. Let us have a strong shield. Amen? Soaked in water. Amen? Soaked in the Word of God every single day of our lives. Turn to your neighbor, tell your neighbor this, you've got to love the Word of God. You've got to drench yourself with the Word of God. Amen? Please read God's Word. Read God's Word. Study God's Word. Don't just be excited about the interpretation of God's Word. A lot of people, they love books about God's Word, but they don't love God's Word. That's the problem. They like books. I mean, I have nothing against books. I read a lot of books as well. But it's just that sometimes we, we tend to be so caught up by all these books about the Bible, but not the Bible itself. If we have ever said things like this, Oh, the Bible is so boring. Oh, I've read it so many times. There's nothing new I can learn. We have to be careful. Because in the moment we say that, we are being deceived. Or we, we say things like, oh, you know, it's just too simple. We are being deceived. The Word of God is so rich. And it's our guard against the schemes of the evil one over our lives. To be able to discern what is right and what is wrong. To be able to know even the intents of the thoughts and the hearts. That's how powerful it is. That the Word of God is sharper than any double-aged sword. It's a weapon of protection. It's also a weapon of attack. Friends, I want to encourage you. Start studying, reading God's Word. Don't take it for granted. While we still have time, come on. How you go through the challenges in your life is really God's word. How you go through the, the tough times in your life, the things that, that, you know, that, that the devil throws at you is only really true, the word of God. I've learned, you know, especially in these past months, I've learned to pray God's word. Open God's word and when I read, I pray his word. What I've read, I pray his word. And it becomes so powerful. Friends, we need more of God's Word in our lives. Don't just expect, you know, Sunday. I tell you what, Sunday morning, this is a preaching of God's Word. It's preaching. You can't just live on a meal a day and this is not really a full meal. I can tell you that. A full meal is when you read the Bible, when you study the Bible, that's a full meal. And you need a full meal every single day of your life. Sometimes when we are not careful, oh, you know, we like this preacher while wow, we run after that preacher. Oh, we like this preacher, we run after that. But I tell you what, every single day, we should run after the Bible. Then we will look forward to open God's Word and just read and allow God's Word to speak to you. Sometimes people think that, you know, God's Word is, is listening to, to sermons. I mean, I have nothing against listening to sermons. I listen to a lot of sermons. One day I can listen to three or four sermons, different preachers. 
Yeah? One of them is myself. So that I can improve myself. But lately I've learned this. I turn on audio Bible. I listen. And now I'm at Leviticus. Everybody would think, wow, Leviticus is boring, right? But I don't know about you. But when I listen to the audio Bible, when they read out Leviticus, this is not the one with the drama one, okay? And suddenly there's lightning, you know, and, yeah, and, then, and God speaks. No, nothing. It's just plain like Leviticus chapter 13, verse 1. Just listen and you listen and listen. But you know what? It does something in my spirit. It does something to me. My mind, my heart, my entire being, my soul. Because God's word is powerful. Friends, I want to encourage you. Even when you drive to work, if you have Spotify, you can look for audio Bible. Just play it. Just listen to God's word. Don't be so excited to listen to just the latest worship songs. Again, I'm not against worship songs. Please understand what I'm getting at. Alright? Don't be just excited about, oh, you know, oh, this preaching is good and stuff like that. No. The, the Word of God. If we don't have that, then we will be in trouble because we keep on just looking for the interpretation of God's Word. But we'll never know God's Word for what it is in our lives. Amen? So church, I'm saying this. All of us, we are in a spiritual battle. Whether you like it or not, you have no choice. The moment you receive Christ, you are already in a spiritual battle. The devil might like your Facebook page, might, might like you, put a like on your Facebook page before you became a Christian. When you became a Christian, he'll unfriend you. He'll unfollow you. And he'll seek every opportunity to destroy you. That's why, friends, we need to be very, very vigilant. Turn to your neighbor, tell your neighbor, be vigilant. Tell the other neighbor, tell the other neighbor, the devil wants you. That's why we must be careful. We must be careful. Don't take this for granted, friends. Don't take this for granted. Amen. So let's, let's love God's Word. Amen. I think nowadays, God's Word is, the Bible is more accessible than ever before. It can be on your handphone, it can be on your tablet. Amen. How many of you still carry a, a physical Bible with you? Come on. Yep. Yes. Well, praise God. Amen. Yeah. I'm, I think my eyesight is, is not getting any better in a sense now I can't read, you know, small print. I need to read large print. Not even large print. The one that I have is giant print. And it's very thick. But it's always there with me. Every morning, I wake up, I open, I'll read. Preferably, I don't need to upgrade from giant print to extra giant print. Yeah. But we need to learn to love God's Word. Read God's Word. Amen? I want to encourage you. Even for this entire week, alright, just do this. Make it a practice. Every single time that you have while you are in between meetings or you are waiting for something, you, you know, maybe you're going out, you know, shopping with your girlfriend or with your wife and they're trying clothes on or whatever, you know, just take out your, 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 your digital Bible and just read, just read. Just do that. Whatever time that you can, just do that. Alright? I can tell you this. You will be enriched. Because the Word of God is just going to fill you. We are going to be sanctified because we, you, as you read God's Word, it's supposed to sanctify us. Washing by the Word. Washing by the Word. Amen? And that's how we'll become effective in spiritual battle. Amen? Friends, I know I'm saying this again and again, but we must love God's Word. Amen? Hallelujah. Let's pray this morning. Hallelujah. Let's love God's Word. Hallelujah.
You know, sometimes we are so preoccupied of wanting to know God's will, God's purpose, what God wants us to do. But first and foremost, we must know God's word in our lives. If we don't know God's word, it's very difficult for us to know God's will and God's purpose. But when we know His word, His word, He says this, His word is a lamp onto my feet and a light onto my path. That's how powerful God's word is. Maybe some of you, this morning you're seeking direction for your life. Maybe you are in between jobs or you're in between seasons of your life. You know what? God's word will guide you. It's not going to come through a good counselling session. But it's really you immersing, you, you know, you, you, you get yourself immersed into, the God, into God's Word and let God's Word fill you. Amen? Hallelujah. Come on, let's pray this morning. Wherever you are seated, hallelujah. Hallelujah. I wonder how many of you, you would say, you know, you will you don't make a conscious commitment to God and you will do this. That you will say, God, this week, from today all the way to next week, every single day, I'm just, I'm just going to open your word and I'm going to read it. I'm not saying, you know, just, you know, the, the, the Bible words on, uh, I always joke about this, but, but it's, it's, you know, some people, they just look at, you know, the Bible app, the words of the day. I tell you what, I also do that. I also read the words of the day. Alright? Uh, but you know, don't just read the words of the day, but open your Bible and read it. How many of you that would, you would actually make a commitment this week that I'm going to do it? I'm going to do it. I'm going to read God's Word every single day for this entire week. Amen? Hallelujah. So I want to challenge you this morning. Yeah, it's often that you all, we can, oh, yeah, yeah, we're going to do it. But I want you to make a conscious commitment to God. Maybe it's just so simple by just saying, yes, God, I will do it. But I want you to be, I want you to mean it. I want you to be serious with God. Because I believe that when you do that, something is going to change. Something is going to happen. Because God's word is powerful. Amen? Hallelujah. I wonder how many of you, you're going to do that. If you're, you know, if you want to commit to do that, Yep, I just want you to, you know, as we are going to worship God in this song, I just want you to stand before the Lord. Amen. And just lift up your hands to Him and say, God, yes, I'm going to do it this week. I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to read your word every day for this entire week. I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to do it. Hallelujah. Let's set our eyes on Jesus. Oh Lord, we're going to read your word. Hallelujah. Let your word speak to us. Hallelujah. You know, I just sense that this is a word for some of you here. You're probably right now in a, in a season of your life where things seem to be chaotic. Things seem to be very messy. But God is saying this to you. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 3, By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the Word of God. So the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. I believe that God's Word is going to help you frame your world. It's going to frame what you're going through right now and God is going to take all those things and by His Word, He's going to do something out of it. Amen. But you need God's Word to just continue to fill you. Fill you. The Bible says that, you know, the Word of God is powerful and sharper than any double-aged sword. Amen? Who will even be able to cut through, to bring division into bone and marrows. Amen? That's how powerful it is. It's a discerner of the thoughts and the hearts. So I believe God's Word, as you read God's Word, as you study His Word, God is going to lead you. God is going to show you. God is going to, you know, He's going to frame. No matter what you're going through right now, God is going to frame something out of it. You believe that? I believe that word is for you this morning. Amen. If you believe that, receive it in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
Shonore dia babara bahane dia baseria dia bababa babara hane dia basunu Shonore dia babara babara hane dia baseria dia babara babara bahane dia basunore dia babara hano Amen 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 Father we pray even this week as we read your word as we study your word Holy Spirit we pray that you bring your truth into our reality that your truth, oh Father, your, the truth of your word, Lord, will just fill our minds, our hearts, and our spirit. Lord, we thank you that your word is living, is powerful, and sharper than any double-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit, and of joints and marrows. And it's a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Lord, we thank you that nothing can be hidden, Lord, by the light of your word, O oh God. So Lord, we pray, O oh God, that in Jesus' name, that this entire week, we're going to see your word being manifested in our, in our being every single day as we open your word, as we read your word. Lord, we pray, O oh God, that Lord, that we will be changed, Lord, more and more. Lord, we will be Lord, transformed into the likeness of Christ, that the word of God, Lord, will be, Lord, the very center of our thoughts, the very center of our hearts, the very center of our entire being, O oh Father. So Lord, we thank you we thank you, O oh God. Lord, we pray, be with us as we, Lord, every single day as we discipline ourselves, as we read your word. Lord, let it be a fruitful time. Let it be a time that, Lord, that we'll see, Lord, your word being so real in our lives, in our situations. We thank you. We pray all this in Jesus' name. And everyone say, Amen, 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 Amen. Hallelujah, Hallelujah. Amen, Amen, Amen. Hallelujah. You know, church, there's one more thing I want to encourage you to do is this. If this entire week, at any point, in any moment that you have a, a, a bad thought or, or, you know, just about something bad going to come forth from your mouth, I want you, I want you, and I want you to speak forth God's Word. Amen? So don't let evil come from your mouth. But let God's word come forth from your mouth. You know, your boss, you know, suddenly calls you into office and scold you, you know, and with all your emotions and, and with all your, your you know, you being upset or whatever it is, you know, please, don't like go to the toilet and, and you know, oh, the, the boss and you take a marker pen and draw his face on, 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 on the toilet and then, you know, do things like that, you know, or, or right there, you know, please call him, you know, stuff like that. Don't, don't do that. But speak forth God's word. Amen? Maybe... You know, is is the pressure or whatever. Speak forth God's word, amen. Because I believe God's word is going to change and transform, amen. Our world is going to be framed by His word. Hallelujah, amen. You believe that, amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah. So let's 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 look to Jesus before we go. Let's declare the benediction. Now, may the love of the Father, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us in our going out, in our coming in, in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. God bless you. Come on, let's give God praise. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. We praise you, Jesus. Amen, amen, amen. Don't stay silent. Speak forth God's word. Turn to your neighbor, tell your neighbor, don't be silent by your situation. Speak forth God's word, amen. Declare God's word, amen. Hallelujah. God bless you. And we'll see you guys again next Sunday, amen. This sermon has been brought to you by Harvest Generation Church. We hope you've been blessed and encouraged.